Hello, and welcome. This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show where we ask questions that have no answers. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're in the breakfast nook. Everything is great. It's it's evening time today, actually. It is, but I mean... We talked about before that breakfast is acceptable. Yeah, breakfast knows no restraints. No. It happens when it wants to happen. I mean, there's been times where I've had breakfast at not a mealtime. Yeah, especially today we had cereal for breakfast. Mm. So it it's an easy in and out kind of. You can use it as a snack. It's a meal. It's super nutritious. Especially the cereal we had today. <laughs> I had glorious peanut butter crunch it's amazing and i thought it was in keeping with previous episodes last episode i talked about my dad and how he couldn't take care of himself mm-hmm. after the passing of my stepmom and he only ate peanut butter crunch which is also what jameson survives off of See? so and they kind of share a name my dad's name is james his name is jameson so oh my god <laughs> interwoven Maybe they need to meet and, like, watch TV together and just eat peanut butter crunch. Absolutely. My dad's really into the show Yellowstone right now with, is it Kevin Costner? I believe that's right. I love Kevin Costner. I love Kevin Costner. I loved him as Robin Hood. He's just great in all of it. He's he's so good. And the movie Robin Hood is so good. It's so so old and so (laughs) off topic. Um, But Alan Rickman is in it, and I love Alan Rickman so incredibly much. I don't know if I've seen this version of Robin Hood. I don't think you were alive when it came out. I'm like trying to picture Kevin Costner in Robin Hood attire. Well, it's not like the cartoon Robin Hood. So not 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 like Peter Pan tights. No, no, no. Oh. This is more like... Elizabethan kind of garb. Like he's okay. wearing medieval shit, like armor. Okay. And he washes up on the shores of England to find his father oh. murdered. So, okay. uh, you know, that whole thing. But Alan Rickman is in it and he is the <laughs> villain and he is amazing because Alan Rickman is great and everything. So, anyway, Emily, you also had cereal today. I had Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which is. Clearly the superior cereal compared to most. True. Um, right up there with peanut butter crunch. Both, both top-notch cereals. Is it called peanut butter crunch? I think it's called Captain Crunch's peanut butter crunch. Oh, well, what the fuck ever. You, right, yeah. I mean, the flavor. Um, well, because doesn't Captain Crunch have, like, the original Captain Crunch flavor? Yes. And then there's the peanut butter Captain Crunch, yes, right? Yes, yes. Okay. And then there's also Crunch Berries. Yes. Which I also like, but not always. I mean, if I'm going to completely annihilate the roof of my mouth, it's going to be the peanut butter version. Of course. Of course it is. And what's good about peanut butter crunch is that it's good immediately after milk is poured in it and also once it's gotten a little soft. Yes. Yes. Kind of, well, I mean, kind of the same with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. True. Yeah. And Cinnamon Toast Crunch, to me, I think, is one of those cereals, it's one of the best cereals to eat dry. Yes, it is. Like, hands down, if you're going to eat a dry cereal, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the best. I had a friend growing up, and she did not put milk in her cereal. 
And okay. I mean, I think that's pretty common, but I, I, man, it it really depends. Uh, I do like dry cereal. Um, oatmeal squares. Quaker does their oatmeal squares. It's like the quote unquote health cereal. Yeah. Uh, I like those dry a lot. What happened? There's a cereal I think about a lot, but I can't ever think of the name. I don't think it's around anymore, but it looked mm-hmm. like little miniature French toast. I think it was called French Toast Crunch. Holy shit. And that shit was fire. Why, like, why do they stop making those things? I don't know. There's so many cereals and they're all good. Except right. I don't like Raisin Bran just because I don't like raisins. I do like Bran Flakes though. Yeah. I like the full gambit of cereal though. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a cereal I don't like. And I don't think there is one. I don't think there is one for me either. One cereal that I loved was Oreo O's. Oh, yeah. Loved Oreo O's. And then they stopped making them and I was really sad. I, like, looked them up on Amazon to see if you could, like, get a black yeah. market box of Oreo O's. But they brought them back. They're, they're yeah, back. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I've seen them around You probably recently. just saw them because yeah. they're in my cabinet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I used to eat all the time... And I think they still make it, I think it was called Pops. Oh, yeah. And it, like, had that very weird texture. Very weird, but good. But good. And I remember I bought some for the kids, and they did not like it. Hmm. It's like sweetened corn cereal, I think is what it says on the box. Yeah. Whatever that's supposed to mean. It's like, it's a weird cereal, but it is good. It's good. I always liked Pops. Now, my mom is a huge Frosted Mini Wheat fan. Oh, I love Frosted Mini Wheats. I do, too. I just never buy them. Yeah. And I I just don't think of them when I'm shopping. Yeah. But she used to, well, she still does, but she used to work really late. And um, not really, really late, but she didn't get home until like 8.30 or 9 o'clock. Which is, I consider that that's late. Yeah. I mean, you know, she had grown kids, so it's not like she had a bunch of kids to feed when she got home. So she... Just had cereal every yeah, night. That's and I what mean, I would do. It was usually frosted mini wheats. Which I think frosted mini wheats is probably the most healthy cereal. Yeah. Like it it really is just wheat. Mm-hmm. It's and good. That's it. It's good. Especially so good. once it gets just a little soggy. Yeah, and then like the mm. texture of your teeth going through the sogginess and then hitting the frosting. Yeah. Oh. Amazing. Perfection. Amazing. Uh, we didn't have any coffee because it's evening. I like evening coffee, but it just wasn't on the radar today. Yeah, I had, I stopped at Starbucks this morning. No, I didn't. A coworker stopped at Starbucks this morning. I wanted to, but I didn't have time. And so I texted her. She said, okay, well, I will. And was this, uh, JC? Yes. Aw. And, um, I don't know why I got a grande instead of a venti. That's weak sauce, man. I weak know. Sauce. And I finally have found something because you know me, I like sweet coffee. Yep. yep. And it's hard to go to a place where, I mean, especially Starbucks, it's so hard to order there mm-hmm. unless you're like a regular. Yeah. Like I remember one time I was like, I want a vanilla iced coffee. And they handed me like legit just black coffee with like some vanilla syrup in it. And I was like, oh, yeah. I yeah. Was like, no, it's not what I meant. Mm-hmm. But. I finally found an iced coffee that I enjoy, and I don't get coffee every morning. I'm a hot coffee person. Same. It just, like, activates everything. It makes everything work properly. (laughs) But I took, like, four slurps of this coffee, and it was gone, and I was like, 
did I do this? Yeah. I can't remember the last time I got coffee at Starbucks because I just don't care for their coffee. It just, it tastes a little bit burnt to me. Well, and the coffee I get, I'm yeah. not really tasting it, the right. coffee anyways. Yes. Since I don't put anything in it, yeah. aside from maybe a splash of cream, yeah, I really taste it. So it's so hard for me to drink their coffee, but I love their tea. Now, Keegan did, he got some coffee the other day at the store because we were out and he mm-hmm. got Starbucks coffee. Oh, yeah. Their ground coffee is not as bad because you can control it when you brew it at home. But... Right. Now, at home, I can obviously taste the coffee a lot more because I'm not whipping up yes. cold brew iced fucking coffees. <laughs> but I do, like, I would, I prefer Folgers over Starbucks grounds. I do too. We, so we have like our fancy coffee, our right. like Saturday, Sunday coffee, and then we usually get a Folgers, mm-hmm. like a black silk or what, like whatever, French yeah. roast or something, like one of the darker ones, because we both prefer a dark roast. So we use that during the week. And I think I've gotten to the point where I almost don't like to buy coffee, like to go to a coffee place and get coffee. Yeah. Because I just am so used to brewing my own whether it's like in the coffee maker or the french press right it just tastes so much better to me yeah so i typically get tea well and when you are a black coffee drinker yes you really don't have like a craving for like other coffee yeah that's true so that's true i don't really know where my coffee story was going at this point um i guess the moral of the story is shout out to jc Oh, yeah, and it wasn't time for coffee tonight. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't time for coffee. Emily is hydrating with some H2O. I'm hydrating with some Line and Kugel Snowdrift Vanilla Porter, because that's my winter beverage, not sponsored by Line and Kugel or Starbucks. I wish I liked beer. I only like dark beer. I ju- it just looks so... And this is how I feel about wine. Oh, uh, yeah, I love now, wine. I'm at this point, and, and of course... I like sweet wine, and you do not. And like I do sweet not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm finally at this point in my life where I have found a couple of wines that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But wine like makes my stomach feel bubbly, mm-hmm. and like not like a drunk feeling or a tipsy feeling, but it like it makes my cheeks really hot. Oh yeah, and I don't like that. Wine hits different. Yeah, like like, and I've been wine drunk. Yeah, and I just. Ugh, I got really like wine drunk at your wedding. Everyone Luckily, got very drunk at my wedding. Lauren drove me home. <laughs> and we were like down the street from my house. But. Man, yeah. People were grabbing <laughs> drinks before they sat down for the ceremony. That was not supposed to happen. Oh, really? No. I had like five wines before well, your ceremony. We we just didn't tell the bartender like, hey. Wait. Wait until the cocktail hour. Yeah. So I felt like people... We're getting kind of bored because they are they're pretty much drunk already while we were taking our pictures. Yeah, when that was when they were supposed to be. Yeah, drinking. Well, <laughs> so I had I probably only had like three glasses of wine before the actual ceremony, and yeah. then the ceremony I was like, oh my god, <laughs> especially because like I like wrote a lot of what you said. Yeah, and I was just like, my words sound so great, <laughs> <laughs> which is so. Yeah, stupid. If you need someone to write your <laughs> ceremony script, it's Maddie. You just gotta hit her up. We have an email. No one <laughs> ever fucking emails us. I know. 
ever. People are going to email us and be like, oh my god, here is a goddamn email. Will you please <laughs> shut up about it? <laughs> I mean, we've gotten emails for business. Yeah. From we, actual people. We started getting emails from the New York Times. Yeah. Like, their daily whatever. And I'm but like, stop it. No. I'll seek you out. Please don't solicit us no. with your emails. Ugh. I don't want the news every day. No. It's horrible. It makes me depressed. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, that was an excellent breakfast nook. And now we're going to get into today's show. And Emily, what's our topic today? We are talking about the lost colony of Roanoke. The oldest mystery in the United States. I have always enjoyed Roanoke. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really up there on my list of possible mystery episodes. It's a really good mystery because it is legitimately a mystery. Right. And it's not something like, I don't know, the Bermuda Triangle. Right. It's local. It's a huge part of our history. Mm -hmm. But no one considers it part of our history, I guess. Yeah, it's I mean, this was the first colony in North America, wasn't it? From English settlers? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. It, it was definitely before Jamestown. Yeah. Which, and Jamestown is kind of like lauded as like the, the settlement. The first one. Yeah. yeah, the first settlement. But it Which wasn't. I guess it can claim to be because it's the first one that stuck. Right. I guess is probably why. That's true. So, uh, yeah. And there is actually a city in Virginia called Roanoke now, but that's not where the colony was yeah so the city in virginia is inland yes and the lost colony of roanoke was actually an island off the east coast yeah east coast yes (laughs) (laughs) nailed it yeah my cousin chip who loves the pod um, what up chip shout out to chip he was giving me some shit that we don't know where the fuck we're going when we're driving or giving directions. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. It's fine. We'll it, be fine. You know what? I have made it 30 years. I get myself from A to B. Yeah. And honestly, the only reason I remember North is because I know which side of the house at both my mom's and dad's is the North side. Mm-hmm. So I'll, like, close my eyes and, like, picture, okay, that's the north side of mom's house, which faces that way, and that's the way seven runs, and here's here I'm at now, and that's really sad. I mean, you just, yeah, however it works for you. It's Whatever. like your inner compass. Maybe that was the problem with these people. They had no inner compass. Yeah. Yeah. That could be it. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, well, well, we're about to find out. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into the timeline first. So this took place a long-ass time ago. The year was 1585, and so we're looking at the time period of Queen Elizabeth I. We are right smack dab in the Elizabethan era. This is prime time for Shakespeare. So situate yourself in the Shakespearean era. That is where we are. Yes. Hamlet. Long time ago. Romeo. Macbeth the best one it's my favorite (laughs) so much murder that sounds terrible i swear i'm not psychotic so in 1585 
Sir Walter Raleigh attempts to settle a colony on an island just off the coast of what is now North Carolina. And he is the one who decided to call it Roanoke. Right. No explanation why. No. Maybe it was his mom's maiden name. Who knows? <laughs> We're just going to go with that. Yeah, that um, <laughs> So it was on Roanoke Island, which is now considered Dare County, North Carolina. And uh, the colony didn't make it. Yes. So this is attempt one, shooting a miss. Mm-hmm. So this colony was led by... Governor Ralph Lane. And so he was left in charge. Sir Walter Raleigh didn't actually stay there. Or I don't know if he even went there. Yeah, I I don't know. I think probably it was just Governor Ralph Lane who went. And Sir Walter Raleigh is just like the idea man. Yeah. Well, I did read that the first attempt, their unsuccessful attempt, they knew right off the bat that they weren't staying they weren't staying because they weren't building a good relationship with the native americans right right but their second attempt happened shortly after yeah so which i find odd yeah yeah the colony was was trouble from the jump they didn't have enough supplies Mm -hmm. so that's immediately an issue obviously because these people are from England. Most of them, I think, in the first roundabout were soldiers. Yeah. So they probably don't have an idea of how to farm. And right. they have no idea what the land is like that they're going to. Yeah. So you would think that they would, like, bulk up on supplies. Right. With, like, that's a big risk. That's a huge risk. So they... Especially when they're taking people back to a place where they were not successful to begin with. Yes. And not a lot of time in between... To, like, I don't know, make adjustments? Yeah, very weird. So right off the bat, they're low on supplies, and they start off on a really hostile foot with the Native Americans. Yes. Which makes sense, because the Native Americans are like, yo, what are you doing in my house? I could not even start on a tangent about everything that went down as far as that, because I'll just get, like, really angry and really upset. Yeah. So... I don't I mean, even care that their colony failed. Yeah. And, and the moral disappeared. The moral of that story is colonialism. Bad. Bad. Nicked goot, my friend. <laughs> That's the very small amount of German that I can speak. So they had sent someone back to England for supplies, a Mr. Richard Grenville. And while they're waiting for him to return with supplies, Ralph Lane is like, uh, you know what? This isn't working out. We're going to peace out of here. Yeah. So he laters out of there and abandons the colony and they just go back to England yeah. with Francis Drake in 1986. I literally put 1986 in the notes. It's <laughs> 1586. <laughs> if they lasted that long, I wouldn't consider it a failure. <laughs> so one year later, they go back to England. They're like, this shit's not working out. Right. Then, 1587, just another year after they got back, they try it again for some God only knows fucking reason. So Walter Raleigh, back at it again, makes his second attempt to colonize the island of Roanoke. This time he changes it up with the governor. Instead of Lane, he decides to appoint John White as governor. So again, supplies are an issue. Yeah. 
based on the timeline, we're seeing another instance where they land on Roanoke in 1587. And he had to have known almost immediately that their supplies were low because I looked up how long it would have taken to sail from Roanoke to England. Mm -hmm. And it said minimum six weeks, sometimes depending on how rough the waters were, could be two to three months. So they're looking at potentially a six-month round trip. John White leaves to go back to England for supplies. He intends to return with the supplies in 1588. So if we're saying potentially this journey could be six months. Yeah. And he feels like he's going to be back in 1588. It had to have been almost immediately after they settled that he right, left. Right, right. Because it doesn't even specify what month in 1587 that they actually get to Roanoke. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. They sh- Well, I mean, Raleigh should have learned from his first trip over there maybe what they could have brought that they didn't bring the last time. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there wasn't enough space with because there was 116 yes. people. It, the numbers fluctuated between, between like 115 and 120. Yes. 115 and 120 is what we're looking at. And this isn't just this isn't soldiers this time. This is women, men, children. Yeah. So which is a weird leap from Colony attempt one, soldiers. Right. Didn't work. Didn't have enough food. Second attempt, a year later. Families. Boom. Families. Yeah. Not enough supplies. Yeah. So, I mean, the only reason I can think that John White left so quickly to get supplies is maybe there wasn't enough space on the way over there to bring a bunch of supplies i don't know it's it could be and maybe it was maybe they got settled and everything unpacked and he was like we're gonna run out soon so i'm gonna go before that and like head off the issue well it didn't work out because he didn't get back in 1588 he was delayed in england because of the english spanish war that was going on at the time right so he doesn't make it back to Roanoke until 1590. So that's a long fucking time. Yes. At yes, what it point is. do you think those people were like, yo, did he die? Yeah. And that's like one of the things that I question. Like, so he leaves. We're, we're going to say he leaves 1587 in June. That's sick. That's halfway through the year. He leaves. He's intending. I'll be back in six months. Yeah. Right at the beginning of 1588. So I'm guessing they probably knew roughly how long it took. They just made the journey themselves. So they probably are like, he'll be back in six months. Did they give him a grace period? Did they say, oh, maybe the it was a little more rough. Maybe he had a detour, whatever. Did, did they give him eight months? Yeah. And then say, all right, I just had to eat my own finger. <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> I gosh. mean... That's when you know shit has gone bad. (laughs) I mean, do you eat your own finger? Do you, like, swap fingers? Or do you, like, sacrifice, like, a loved one? What do you do? Draw names. Whoever gets the short straw loses a finger. Yeah, I mean, you can live without your finger. Yeah. You know, even, like, a whole arm. I wonder how many calories are on a finger. Let's see. What's your biggest finger? Probably your middle finger. Your middle finger. That's or definitely the longest. Maybe the thumb is meatier than the middle finger. 
Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like my hands are... Mm, I feel like people aren't going to want to eat mine because my fingers are just long and bony. I think I have pretty, like, average hands. Yeah. Like, I don't have chubby hands, but I don't have, like, Tim Burton hands. I'm not, not quite Tim Burton level, but I mean, I have, like, long, like, s- stupid fingers. I just don't think a finger would really do anything for you. It's not going to hide, it's not going to tide you over until you But find when you're waiting food. on your dude to come back from freaking England and it's like, shit, it's been, like, 20 months. Where yeah. is this guy? Yeah. They probably just thought that he was, like, dead. dead. Yeah. Probably like the I, ship crashed. I would have thought that the ship wrecked. Yeah, that's probably what they thought. Were there so. pirates then? I think so. Dude, the pirates got him. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jack Sparrow stole that shit. Oh, Jack Sparrow. Uh, I love me some Pirates of the Caribbean. I know. Caribbean, however you want to say it. I, I say, say Caribbean. I say Caribbean. I just think it's, I don't know, it sounds better. It's probably not correct. <laughs> it's probably Caribbean. I don't but know. then you don't say Caribbean cruise. That's true. <laughs> I'm gonna still I'm gonna stick with Caribbean. Yeah, I say Caribbean, but then I say Caribbean cruise. Yeah. I don't know that I I've ever found myself actually saying that phrase. After doing so much research on uh the peeps that came over from England to Roanoke, I want nothing to do with any kind of cruise. I've never wanted to go on a cruise in my life. Me either. There is nothing that sounds fun if it has to do with being on open water for a very long period of time with hundreds of other people <laughs> uh, we can talk to dakota about this he spent 20 months at sea yeah not consecutively but all together in his enlistment spent a lot of time on the open waters you can't do it yeah he said when you're out in like the middle of the ocean like no land he said that the water is black it's so deep. It's black. Yeah, I bet it is. So that's that pretty is crazy. That is terrifying. That's terrifying. Yeah. I have been in the ocean twice. Once around the Florida area. Second mm-hmm. time, Virginia Beach. What up? Was pregnant the second time. So I was afraid I was going to get eaten by well, sharks. Um. Yeah. And Virginia Beach, like East Coast Beach and West Coast Beach, very different things. Yeah. The, obviously, the Atlantic and the Pacific. And I'm not a very beach different. person. I'm not super huge on the beach either. I don't love sand. It stays on you forever. Yeah. I don't know. If I'm going to be around a body of water, I want it to be a river. And I want to yeah. be on it. I like the river. I and like a canoe. I like canoeing. It's fun. Love canoeing. It's fun. Um, We used to always go on float trips, canoes. When I was young, everybody got drunk. Now, I don't know why I keep drawing a bunch of sad faces. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When we started talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, I made a sad face because there's not going to be any more of the movies. And then I just got sadder. Um, Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) I guess we should get back to Raleigh. Yeah, yeah. What else happened on this piece of shit rock? Um... No, I'm sure it's very lovely. (laughs) Alrighty. So we've now made it. (laughs) Jesus. I'm so sorry, Virginia. No, North Carolina. Um Oh my god. (laughs) Guys, we can't do this at night anymore. A uh, full day of work preceded this. Oh, uh, man. 
Jesus, take the wheel. We're, we're going to get ourselves together here. <laughs> the year is 1590. John White delayed, stuck in England. I just don't, I, I have no idea what was going on with the English-Spanish War. Queen Elizabeth, what were you doing? Although she is like hailed as like one of the best monarchs. Yeah. You know, she's, she has her own era, the Elizabethan era. I'm really into that shit. I am too. I love it. I love any Shakespearean anything. One of the classes I'm taking right now, it's... Uh, <laughs> The title of the class is irrelevant because it, it's just like studies in the modern blah, 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 blah. But we're reading all of Shakespeare's history plays. Oh, okay. So most people are familiar with your Hamlet, your Romeo and Juliet, the, the dramas, the tragedies. Right. And even um, Midsummer Night's Dream, that's one of the comedies. People are familiar with that. But the history plays don't get a lot of love. Yeah. The only two history plays that really get a lot of attention are Henry V, Richard III. And so, but we're reading both tetralogies. So the first three and the last three. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting because I've never actually read any of the history plays aside from Henry V and Richard III. So it's been fun. It's been really awesome. So I'm like all in the Elizabethan era right so now. So it's a good time to do Roanoke. It's a good time to do Roanoke. Uh, yeah, for sure. And Shakespeare loved Queen Elizabeth I. Loved mm-hmm. her. Because all of those history events take place just before yeah. Queen Elizabeth. Because she's in the Tudor line of succession. Right. And it was before it was the Yorks and the Lancasters. And it's very familiar if you have read or seen Game of Thrones. Because yes. he stole all that shit <laughs> from the War of the Roses. Anyway, yes. that was your history lesson. And your lit lesson. I guess this whole episode's kind of going to be a history lesson. That is true. A little bit. That is true. I hope you have your pen and your paper out. Yes. There will be a quiz. Please send us an email. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to round out this episode with 10 questions, and you will need to answer them in full sentences. Via email. Via email. Yeah. You heard that right. John White gets back 1590, and uh, there's nothing there. Nothing. There's like the palisade. Yeah, the fence thing. The fence that went around the the little settlement. Yeah. And no one. Crickets. No one. So he's like, uh, all right. Where is everyone? Where is... It? And it's not like it was like 10 or 12 people. Yeah. Over 100 people. Yeah. that That's a lot of people. Yeah. To just lose. On the side of the palisade, he finds the word Croatoan. Mm-hmm carved into the palisade so there was an island not too far away like 50 miles south or something like I that i think so yeah and it was croatoan island mm-hmm. so john's assumption is okay well they carved croatoan into the wall they went there yeah so he's assuming that because he was gone so long that they probably ran out of food clearly uh, yeah and they just hopped on with some passing ship, got to Croatoan Island, and mixed in with the settlers and the Native Americans who were there. Yeah. So he gets back on a ship. Um, He's like, fuck this. Yeah, he's not going to stay there alone. No. I mean, these days, that would give you, like, platinum status if you were alone on your own island, but not in 1590. No. So he gets back on a ship in order to... Go to Croatoan Island and get his people 
I don't know if his intentions were to go back to Roanoke Island and like proceed as planned yeah. with the colony or if he was just going to check, make sure they were there because his daughter is in... And his granddaughter. His daughter and his granddaughter who was the first person born... Yeah, first European born in North America. In North America, yeah. So he's like Virginia Dare. Virginia Dare. Yep. And his daughter's name was Eleanor White Dare. Yes. So he's like, well, I have to check. Yeah. So maybe he would have just settled with them on Croatoan Island. Maybe they would have went back to Roanoke. Don't know because his rescue mission got off course because of weather and rough seas so he never actually got to verify, and he just went back to England. Yeah. So I guess he just got back to England and was like, well, oh, well. Looks like I'm going back to my old life now. <laughs> That's so weird I, to me. It is very weird. It's so odd to think about, because now, like, tonight, we were having our breakfast nook cereal, and I thought Dakota was going to be home at 6, and I was looking at my watch, and it was 6.30, and I was like, all right, where the fuck is he? Yeah, and that's I, what I was know. thinking about earlier when we were talking about how long would they have waited? Would they have given him a grace period? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, if I know someone is on the way to my house or coming home from work and 10 or 15 extra minutes go by, I'm like, bro. Yeah. What has happened? Yeah, exactly. So, And, you know... The whole thing about the lost colony of Roanoke is after that, we don't really know shit. Nothing. That's it. That's like the whole story uh, that we actually fully know. Yes. The time. That's the timeline. So it's, it's so, it's so crazy that this is still a mystery, but it was the 16th century. Like they didn't have forensics. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause there would have been no support like, oh, let's send out a search and rescue team or send over a helicopter you know that's i don't know how it it would have been to go back to roanoke or the island or whatever and everyone just be gone yeah and i don't know how much it would have cost john white because he he was he got to roanoke nobody was there he got back onto another ship to go and see if they were at Croatoan Island. And then, obviously, rough seas, he ends up back in England. I don't know if he would have been able to just book passage on another ship yeah, and come back. How much that would have cost him if he would have even been able to do that. Because the first voyage is kind of sponsored by yeah. the Queen. So I'm assuming England paid for that. Right. Because they were going to colonize for England. Right. And eventually more people would have came over. Yes. And they and then, you know, that those people are going to try to generate some sort of income and pay a tax to England. Yeah. So, you know, this is kind of like a business deal, a business trip, if you will. So once he gets back and he's just like, hey, my daughter and granddaughter are lost. I need to go back and find them. They're probably like, on your own, pal. Yeah. So he made, he just didn't have any money. I mean, he wasn't like a royal or right. anything. So yeah, there was just no resources yeah. for him to probably continue looking for them. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, how old was this dude? I don't know. I have no I mean, idea. he was probably young. He was probably like 30. Middle age back then. Maybe 50. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, he had a granddaughter. Well, I mean, he could be, he could probably be like 40. Yeah. He could definitely be 40. Yeah. Who knows? But, I mean, people didn't live super long back then. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, they disappeared off of islands without a trace. So, 
Some researchers think that the colonists encountered some sort of disease. Which is likely. Which is likely. But my thinking is, let's say the day John set sail to leave to go get supplies Mm -hmm. for his maybe six month long trip. Yes. Let's say the day he left, everyone just straight up died of a disease. Mm -hmm. Would he have not found any Mm. kind of remains? And wouldn't all their shit still be there? Yeah. I mean, when I think about that, I also think, well, if any natives would have come upon it and seen that this entire colony was dead, they could have taken their stuff for their own use. Could have. But for everything to be... I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it in the theory of disease, I think that would have to combine itself with another explanation. Because right. I feel like they encounter disease, maybe half of them pass away. That, yeah, there would at least be some people, even if yes. it was like five or six. Yeah. And all of their yeah. shit wouldn't have been gone. Yeah, so a disease comes in, it kills half, three-fourths of the group. The remaining people bury those people. Yeah. And then pack up their shit and then catch a ride on a ship and go wherever. I guess I've never thought of it that way. So it would have, I feel like since there's no, he's not like walking around stepping on bones. Right. If disease is one of the explanations, some people had to have survived to bury those people. Right. But even then, I mean... In three years' time, does, I don't know, when I think of, I mean, I'm like, I'm picturing a grave in my mind and the mound of dirt and how even like a couple years after that, it's still like kind of bare. And if there were a shit ton of people who had died, don't you think they would have been like marked? Yeah. Or there would be like this weird, very large, thin patch of, you know, field where all these Mm -hmm. bodies were buried. I don't know. Maybe they could have all died of disease and they just burned them all. Maybe they burned them. I don't know. But they also think that they could have encountered Native American tribes that became hostile. Which we already know. Right. Likely. Don't blame them. Yes. It's possible. They were encroaching on other people's land. Of course, the possibility is there that they were killed by some Native Americans who were just not cool with these fucking people. Right. Popping a squat right on their land. Yeah. Essentially, they were squatters. Realistically, whatever crisis hit, it probably didn't wipe out every single one of them. Right. Whether they were attacked or if they got some disease. So researchers think that the colonists would have split into smaller groups and then dispersed. And one of the previous groups from that first mish in 85 was actually ordered to do that in case of some crisis or emergency or disaster for survival. Mm-hmm. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Right. Makes sense. Because there's never going to be enough supplies if they all go to the same place. Right. Now, we talked about how the colonists would have just been like chilling, waiting around for dude to come back from England with more shit and more food and whatever. Mm-hmm. And if they would have straight up just been like, okay, we we got to move on, find somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I also think when I hear that, if they moved on to another island, to, to wherever, how did they get there? I mean, there probably wasn't a lot of, of water traffic. Yeah, I don't know. Because I think this time period is when it really became like in vogue. 
for European countries to travel over here yeah. to try and settle the land, whether it was the English, the French, the Spanish. So it might not have been too uncommon for them to encounter a ship. Maybe not like every day, but maybe every now and then. True. They could have seen well, one. Well, and... One of the biggest theories is that they gave up on John and they then traveled to what used to be called Croatoan Island, which was only 50 miles south, and that they just intermingled with the natives there. Mm -hmm. Now, that to me makes sense. And I was watching something that the Croatoans Mm -hmm. or the natives on Croatoan Island were much friendlier than other tribes. Yes. That were around that area. Yes, they were much more open to the European settlers, maybe like commingling with them. Yes. Trading with them, possibly. I'm trying to think of the name of it exactly, but I've seen before there is a computer scientist who is has this big DNA research thing going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to me... It would make sense if that is what happened, then of course, you know, there would have been European men taking, you know, Native American wives and then, you know, vice versa and vice versa. But would that tribe have been resourceful enough to basically take in over a hundred people? That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And on an island, resources are automatically much more slim right. than mainland right. North America. So I just don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's a head scratcher. Yeah. In, inevitably, I'm going to guess that some of the colonists died on Roanoke. I feel like that has to be true. Yeah. Well, and with, you know, the Croatoan carved in, ooh, it makes sense. Yeah, and, and John White connected that dot immediately. Yeah. You know, that was his intention was to go there. So, so it, it just pisses me off that even if he would have got caught in a storm and had to go back to England, go back. Yeah, why didn't he ever, like, even if he had to wait a couple of years. Right. Just, just make it, give it another shot. Yeah. You've made the trip four times. Right. Six times. Just how many, however many times you have done this trip, just give it one more whack, bro. Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. But I guess if he would have done these things and found them, then we wouldn't be talking about this today. We wouldn't be having this discussion. So, yeah. That's like all the researchers have to say about it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. A lot of locals around that area obviously are very involved in the Lost Colony. Yes. And there is actually a guy, and I wish I had more fact on this. I just watched it. I don't know why I don't remember. But when you're looking at a map of where the Roanoke colony settled on that island, Mm -hmm. it's like in the middle over to the left. I mean, over to the right. Yeah. Once again, direction. I don't fucking know. But his theory is that they actually settled up north further. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there is a part of that island where they have found so many pieces of evidence, I guess. that Like artifacts? Yeah, like European artifacts Mm -hmm. from that time period specifically. Mm -hmm. And even like have dug and found where, you know, walls would have been built Mm -hmm. and put in. I mean, they could have been there. I mean, who fucking knows, really? Yeah. Now we're going to move from what we know 
the very small amount of facts, the very limited facts, into some of the more interesting theories that have been put out there onto the interwebs. First is one that kind of goes into what the researchers think, and that is that the colonists were absorbed into nearby Native American populations or possibly could have been captured and made turned into slaves by some of those tribes. I've never heard anything about Native Americans turning people into slaves. I haven't either, but that if they seems... did, more power to them. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Good for you. Fuck colonialism. <laughs> um, so, so in this particular theory, there was a map drawn by a Jamestown settler named Francis Nelson, the Zuniga map. Um, he drew this in 1607 and documents four men that came from Roanoke living among the Iroquois tribe and in the early 1600s to the middle 1700s. European colonists claimed to have met gray-eyed Native Americans who claimed to have been descendant from white settlers. So that kind of implies that the Roanoke colonists were absorbed into a Native tribe and they procreated and right now you have some mixed race. Well, happening. and that's a big point of that DNA research thing that's happening. Yes. Because there are people living in that area that their family has been there forever. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a few men in particular who share a last name of some of the original Roanoke colonists. Okay. I mean, right. Okay. But something to do with certain parts of their DNA to match up exactly with this European descent. And these Native Americans, mm -hmm. they think that they can eventually trace the dudes that are alive now to the tribes that were around then and the original Roanoke colonists. And right. if they do, then that would prove that they yeah. did, in fact, just join, not join the tribe, but move in with the tribe. Cohabitate in some way. Yeah. And with, then procreate. Yeah. Yes. So, and there, there's been several reports of things like that. 1696, French Huguenots left records of meeting blonde-haired, blue-eyed natives soon after arrival along the Tar River. Yeah. 1709, John Lawson, in his book, A New Voyage to Carolina, records Croatoans living on Croatoan Island, who claimed that they used to live on Roanoke Island and claimed to have white ancestors. As more Europeans traveled from Europe over here, they're just reporting. I'm guessing once John White went back to England, he told people, yeah. I went back, nobody was there. Yeah. And so they probably were all kind of aware. Yeah. That this is the place where everybody disappeared and they reported back, like, just not too far. We found some people who look like they could be descendant from both Native and Europeans. Right. So they're just, you know, using their deductive skills mm -hmm. and putting the pieces together. You know, you never know. These are just random anecdotes. Yeah. Can't, like, trust it. But it seems seems logical. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it would happen very often. Yeah, and obviously, like, we're sitting here 
in North America, and both of us probably have Native American ancestors. I definitely do. Right. Yeah, and I think out of all the theories, that one is probably the most realistic. It, it is. Not that any are unrealistic. Right. No. The, all of them seem plausible, and honestly, all of them could be true. Right. So, you know, one does not necessarily exclude the other theories. Not the ones, at least, that we've picked. There are a shit ton of theories. Yeah, there We are. just can't. Some of them are just too outrageous. So, I guess we could move on to the Croatoan theory. Mm-hmm. We all know that the word Croatoan was found carved um, when What's-His-Nuts came back. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it found there? Don't know. The word Croatoan has also always been connected with other mysterious things. Right before Edgar Allan Poe died, he disappeared for a short time. And when he was seen again, he was delirious. In his final state of delirium before his death, allegedly one of the last words he said was Croatoan, which is weird. Super weird. And Poe's official cause of death is unknown. And all of his medical records and death certificate is lost. So, I mean, we'll never know what actually happened to him the night he died. He was a heavy drinker. So he was. And I mean, it was Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. And honestly, how did they actually know that he was delirious? I mean, he was an eccentric person. So I feel like. Yeah. I mean, has anyone read his poetry? (laughs) Nevermore. That poem is long as fuck fuck dude i love I, some poe i love edgar Allan poe he writes the best short stories i mean the pit and the pendulum is one of the most they're horrifying all, stories they're all so good they're so good they're so good i don't know which, i think the pit and the pendulum might be my favorite he was wildly talented but yeah. he was completely out of his mind yeah I mean, obviously. Obviously. This word, Croatoan, has also appeared at several other famous disappearances in the 19th and 20th centuries. So, in 1888, the stagecoach robber Black Bart carved the word into the wall of his cell before he was released from prison. And after that, he was never seen or heard from again. I'm thinking, because of the mystery surrounding the original carving... Mm-hmm. That clearly snowballed. Yeah. But, like, you you say and think of the word Croatoan, it is, like, a little eerie. Yeah. The word Croatoan was also found in Amelia Earhart's journal after she disappeared in 1937. Which is weird. She had her head on her shoulders. Yeah. And it could have been just that she wanted to go there. Yeah. I'm guessing that she had heard of the story, right. was aware of it, and maybe wanted to visit that area. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, it's weird. It's eerie. But I feel like it, there's probably an explanation. Yeah. I. And the name Amelia is top notch. I love that name so much. I also, and that's a good ass name. It is a good name. So there was a horror writer and his name was Ambrose Bierce. And the last bed that he slept in before he disappeared in Mexico in 1913 had the word Croatoan carved into one of the bedposts. That is eerie as fuck. In 1921, Croatoan was written on the last page of the logbook of the ship Carol A. Deering when it crashed on Cape Hatteras 
near Croatoan Island, and the ship and the entire crew went missing. Maybe there is like a black hole right between where the Roanoke colony was and Croatoan Island, and everyone who tries to go between those gets sucked <laughs> into this vortex. And now they're in some alternate universe, just they're probably living it up right now in that, this other universe. That could be it. They're not worried about any type of virus. No. They're they're not worried about their toilet paper supply. They aren't wearing any masks. Because the word Croatoan is protecting them. It's protecting them. It is creating a force field around them. We can't get to them and they don't want us to. No. So. That's so weird. That's my explanation. It's so weird. It, it really is weird. That last one is like the most weird. Yeah. I'm guessing the word is just like associated with disappearance. So. Right. Maybe all the, like these people, Black Bart and Ambrose Bierce, they were just like, I'm going to just like pull a little fucking prank here, Dude. carve it into something. And then they just head off into the sunset. I'm telling you right now, whenever I write my will when I'm an old lady. You got you should write your will before your well, old. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Everyone, please make sure you have a will. Yes. It's very important. You do not want to spend five years in probate. You don't want your family to do it because if you are the one whose will it is, you don't care. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to write Croatoan. I'm just going to have them be like, hey, throw the word Croatoan in at the end. Yeah. And then when you read it out, I don't even know if that really happens. Like, it's very suspenseful and your whole family's sitting there and there's like some lawyer reading this will. I think they do. I think, I feel like they should. Yeah. I mean, you appoint an executor, someone you trust. Right. And then you have the attorney who's, who is the one who wrote the will Mm -hmm. and filed it and will file it with the court. So yeah, I think... Yeah. There's like people sitting around and they like read out the will. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, after you read the last paragraph, I want there to be a very dramatic pause and then end it with Croatoan. Yeah. I mean, what better way? Yeah. Or you could go the Ron Swanson route. He had a little like four by six piece of paper and said, all of his shit goes to the bear who kills him. (laughs) So... I mean, that's an option, too. Oh, I love that. (laughs) It's so fucked up to, like, think about, like, a will. I know. You know? That's why I don't want to think about it. Like, my grandparents recently created their will, Mm -hmm. and I am the executor of that. My grandparents are, like, 71, 72. Yeah. And they are sprightly as fuck (laughs) for being in their 70s. And uh, they... They did their will. They asked me to be the executor, and I said yes. Yeah. You know. And because if my grandparents ask me for anything, I'm going to do it because they're, like, my two favorite people on this earth. Yeah. Before they left to go on a road trip, they do this every year. They leave, and they drive somewhere, and they never say, we're going to be back on this day. Yeah. They just leave. And then randomly i'll get like a picture of my grandma standing like by a lighthouse or wherever and she's like oh we're here and then i'm like it'll two weeks ago by i'll call my aunt and i'm like hey have you heard from grandma and grandpa like where are they and she's like i have no idea and then randomly working at the court window yeah 
And my grandma, like, tries to, like, video chat me. Like, act, we're in the middle of court. My grandma's like, we're, uh, we're here. We're, these are the trees. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, okay. So Aww. before they leave on their wild ad- adventure, she's like, okay, you have to go to the bank and you have to sign this paper. And I said, all right. And then she's like, now the will is in the safety deposit box. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you have to go sign this paper. So your name is on the safety deposit box. And then I'm going to tell you where the key to the safety deposit box is at the house in case for some reason you need to go to the house and get the key and get the will. And I was like, Grandma, what? No. I, no, I'm not going to need to access your will <laughs> while you're on vacation. <laughs> I, you are going to outlive me. This is not a request. This is a demand. You're going to outlive me. So Aww. none of this is even going to be that's, relevant. That's the shit I want to do. I told my mom when I was 13 years old that I wanted to be the first one to die. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a joke. I literally said that because I was like, Mom, I have to die first in the family because I just cannot deal with it. Yeah, I'm not going to deal with any of you fucks dying. So I'm going to die first. And my mom was like... You morbid little shit. (laughs) Okay. I've never been like, oh shit, I'm going to die. I've always been like, oh shit, other people are going to die. And I just can't. Can't be expected to deal with any of that. So you you guys uh, have heard how we deal with death around here. I told Dakota I demand to to die first. Oh man. Um. Yeah. So these are things I thought about at the tender age of thirteen. The fuck? oh gosh. Sorry, mom. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Now we're gonna get into the hot topic of cannibalism. All right, so really, we kind of touched on this earlier. <laughs> One of the other theories is that they ran out of supplies and, and they then just, they had to eat each other. Yeah, just until there was nothing left. Which seems weird because that last person... what? Maybe they're just like, fuck it, I'm going to go get eaten by a shark. Yeah, I don't know. There had to have at least been one <laughs> asshole left <laughs> who just lucked out and didn't get eaten. What is that movie? I watched it when I was super young. Scarred me for life. It's about like that rugby team that is in a plane and it crashes like in the snowy mountains and then they start eating each other. Don't know it. I think it's based on a true story. <laughs> I just can't imagine being that, being in a situation where you're that desperate. Dude. Like, I feel like I might just die. I was at Subway once. (laughs) I don't (laughs) like where this is going. But keep going. Tell me everything. I was in high school and I went to Subway and they were like out of something that I typically would get for meat on a sandwich. Okay. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, just give me ham. And I am not joking. This girl, as she was folding, you know, the little ham on my sandwich, goes, ham tastes like human. 
<laughs> what? He just like stared at me and I was like, yeah, uh, provolone. And uh, that was, I, I never saw her again at the subway after that. Um, can we get a wellness check? So. Was that here? Yes. Oh, we're okay. So local subway. And. I frequent that place. I haven't eaten ham a lot ever since. Mm. No, I've eaten like honey like glazed ham. spiral ham. Yeah. You stay away from the Black Forest ham at Subway. (laughs) (laughs) I always get Black Forest ham. I'm I'm an Italian BMT gal. Oh, yeah. I don't like a lot of shit on my sandwich. I do. I I get turkey, Black Forest ham, provolone cheese. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get spinach. Okay. Toasted. And then the chipotle mayo sauce. I go a completely different direction with mine. Yeah, Mm yeah. I love, and I don't really love Subway. Same. If I'm craving a sub, I'm going to go pretty much anywhere else but Subway. But we live in a very small town. Yeah. We don't have a lot of options. But I love Subway's mayonnaise. I know you don't like mayonnaise that much. Right. But it is delicious. Okay. Um, But no, I get all the shit. Like meat, cheese, a little bit of lettuce, spinach. Mayo, green peppers, jalapenos, onion, banana Absolutely peppers. Absolutely not to the onion. Oregano. Okay, I like oregano. Oil and vinegar. Um, no. Salt and pepper. Eh. Anyways. I see. I'm all. If I'm getting a subway sandwich, it's about the bread. Oh yeah. I don't really like need a lot of shit in there. I just need the bread, and I need it crunchy. I usually will ask, like, hey, what's your freshest bread? Mm-hmm. Which I fucking know that you guys have to cook the bread and the thing. And obviously one of them is fresher than the others. Yeah. And they always go, oh, they're all fresh. And I'm like, you're lying. You're paid to say that. <sighs> Fuck. Yeah, they're lying. Anyways, I guess <clears throat> we should get on with this. All right. Yeah, that was enough of a digression. Okay. So we've gone through the theories. We Before we shot this, we were like, this is going to be like a 40-minute episode. It's yeah. going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. We didn't think it was going to take this long. We may have to have to go to take pictures another day. Look at us. I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> because I think we look absolutely fabulous. I oh, I mean, I've got a possum on my shirt <laughs> and Christmas pants on. Oh, man. And the, I haven't uh, washed my hair in... At least three days. Dude. Same. Looking good. Shit. Um, <laughs> okay. So, have we possibly, after so many years, figured out what happened to these dicks? The, the answer is no. No. But we have a lead on a lead to possibly answer some questions. Yes. Uh, this, we're not going to give you any answers today because there are none to be given, but we do have a little bit of jargon to get through. Yeah. Some science bullshit. Um, science is not bullshit. Please study science. (laughs) (laughs) Please study science. We, we need scientists in this world, especially in this country. Please do not disregard your STEM requirements for your degree. Don't take the easy way. Don't take math for the liberal arts like I did. You'll wish you didn't. Take 
college algebra. Take biology. It's important. So now we have recovered some things that may or may not point us to it being from the colonists. When we say we... We We were directly involved. (laughs) (laughs) No. We are actually um, scientific researchers. Uh, I wish. I'm not smart enough to be a scientist. I mean, I'm smart enough to find some fucking rocks. Yeah, scientists didn't find these rocks, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Really? Yeah, no. Let me tell you about yeah, it. I don't know about these. I've never okay. heard about them. So these are what people are calling the dare stones. Now, if you recall from the facts portion, the county that Roanoke Island, Dare County, that is what it is. Dare County, North Carolina, modern day. The dare stones were not actually found on Roanoke Island. But in 1937, now I got this information first and foremost on an episode of History Channel Specials, Season 1, Episode 187. God help me, why do you have so many episodes in a season? (laughs) Break that shit up. That's crazy. History Channel, come on. So the episode that I listened to, I didn't really watch it because Mm -hmm. I was quote unquote working. So... They're talking about these dare stones. Now, this episode is from 2016, so fairly recent-ish. Yeah. So in 2015, these two stonemasons, the Vieira brothers, were contacted by a Fred Willard, who is an archaeologist, anthropologist, scientist. He's obsessed with mm-hmm. the dare stones, with the whole lost colony of Roanoke issue. And so he hired these stonemasons to look at... At some stones. Okay. So these stones were found by a man with the last name of Hammond. Okay. He was originally from California, but he was in the North Carolina area just traveling. I don't know what he was doing. He was like walking through the woods. <laughs> and he com- comes across this stone and it's got carvings in it. So the carvings on the first side just list it it almost looks like a gravestone okay it says ananias dare and virginia went hence unto heaven 1591 any englishman show john white governor now ananias dare was the husband to john white's daughter eleanor white dare okay virginia dare was her daughter right the first one born in north america Mm -hmm. so it appears to be a gravestone for Ananias and Virginia Dare. Okay. So assuming Eleanor is alive, she is purported to be the person who carved into the stone. Right. And on the back, we've got some Middle English. Hold on to your hats. I'm going to do my best. I took Old English. Oof. Barely passed. <laughs> Father, soon after you go for England, we came hither. Now, this is inland North Carolina. Yes. So we are not at Croatoan Island. We are inland North America. Only misery and war, Tau year, I don't know what the fuck that means, Mm -hmm. above half dead, heir to two, I think it's two year more from sickness being four and 20. So 24 died from sickness. Okay. I'm guessing is what that says. Um, salvage with message of ship unto us. I think salvage is supposed to be the word savage, which okay. not 
Okay. Yeah. Not okay. But it's carved into the stone. And it continues on for more. It's not super relevant. It's really a message from Eleanor White Dare to her dad, John White. Who was like, mm-hmm. Meh. So this was found inland North Carolina, kind of around a river. Okay. The Hammond, who finds it, takes it to the local university, Emory University, and a guy by the name of Haywood Pierce Jr. is who, like, gets the stone, and he reads it, and he thinks, oh, shit, mystery solved. Yeah. We know what happened. So he really spends the next however many years trying to validate the fact that the stone is legitimate. Right. And it also goes on to say that for the people who died, there are more stones with names carved in them, years of death, blah, blah, blah. Uh So he's wanting to know, where are the rest of these stones? Can we validate if we can find the rest of these stones where these people were buried? Can we validate that this stone is real? Yeah. And that we know that they traveled from Roanoke to mainland North America and settled somewhere here. Right. And this stone also, fun fact, weighed 22 pounds. That's that's really fucking big. Yeah. That, that's crazy. So there's it's still up in the air as to whether or not this stone is real. Yeah. However, after they look at the stone, they can't decide real, yes, not real, whatever. So they put out a reward because the stone mentions other stones that were carved into. Right. So they put out this APB all points bulletin and say if you find a stone with carvings in it you get this reward yeah as you can imagine people start making fucking stones people are like here's some stones i got some stones so they end up with 48 stones in total now that is too many no in the stone that she carves it really only mentions that there's an like one other like relatively close to this stone yeah And it was, like, one guy, really, who found all the others. Right. Suspect. Yeah. So his name was Inglehart. Eberhart? Inglehart? Something like that. Anyway, so he really finds 47 stones that have carvings in them. Yeah, no. And Hayward Pierce Jr. is so, like, obsessed that he just automatically is like, they're real, problem solved. But other scientists are like, no, 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 look. Well, we're going to take a step back here. We're going to investigate this. And even in 2015, so a university currently has these stones, all of them still. You can actually view the the first dare stone, which is the one that could still potentially be legitimate. And it has the initials EWD on it. Right. So it could actually be from Eleanor Dare, but still don't know, whatever. But The other stones, they evaluated and have pretty much come to the conclusion that they're all fake. Yeah. Of course they were fake. Of course they are faked. You put out a reward for something like that. Yes. You can't put out a reward and expect people not to fake some shit to get some money. Especially, it's 1937. We're in the Depression. Right. These people need money. Yeah. So, of course horse people made this shit up right i would have i i would have too i would make it up now i don't know well Well, it'd be harder to do now but they're fake and i just so jury's still out on the dare stone Mm -hmm. the original dare stone is it real did eleanor white dare actually carve this and try and leave it for her father i don't know I mean, it's hard to say because these days you carve some shit into a stone. The person you intend that message to get to is not getting it. No, no. No one's going to find it. I mean, a 
22 pounds is a big rock, though. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like a weird little thing. I don't know. I but mean, maybe. Maybe. It maybe. They haven't it, disproven it, it's really. Weird. I have never heard of that. As so many, weird. like, tidbits I have heard about mm-hmm. and watched about Roanoke, never heard of those. Yep. So the original dare stone was actually found in the Chowan River. Okay. Yep. And it, it, it is on display at Brenau University in Gainesville, Georgia. You so should go see it. It can be viewed if you would like to see it. So that I got from the Brenau University's website, if you want to look that up. And that is all on the dare stone. Well, I learned something today. Knowledge nugget. All right. Take her away. Well, the thing about Roanoke is I don't think we'll ever know what happened. But Mm -hmm. archaeologists are investigating and they could be on a path Mm -hmm. that could unravel this Mm -hmm. mystery. They really could. So Malcolm LeCompte, a research associate at Elizabeth City State University in North Carolina, was responsible for the addition of GPR in the archaeological search for what happened to be the lost colonists of Roanoke. GPR is technology that emits radio waves into the ground and measures the echo as the signal bounces off the various things buried underground. I want to say I've heard of this before. I feel like I have also heard of GPR. So basically what it does is it measures the depth that the signal travels before it hits something that causes it to bounce back at them so it could indicate, you know, possible hidden objects, whatever. Right, right, right. So... What they are doing is first conducting a satellite survey of the site. Here's a quote from LeCompte. (laughs) What we do is we get the oldest maps we can find so we can get a historic sense of what was there and what's there now and orient them. The point is to compare what may have been there in the past to what is there now. I feel like it would be really cool to like be around shit like that when it's happening yeah i agree like i've seen people like doing digs and you know like scanning areas but then when it comes to like retrieving items that they have possibly found Mm -hmm. you have to be so fucking careful keegan and i haven't watched it all but there's this one show called the curse of oak island Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've ever heard of it have not It's like a good thing to turn on, like if you're, I don't know, cooking or laying in bed and you're not sleepy, but like you want to be in bed and like Mm -hmm. you want to get sleepy, but it's still cool to watch. Okay. Anyways, sometimes they'll find things and like, you know, the first thing you want to do is when you pull something out of the ground is like, you know, put water on it and like, and they're like, no, 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 don't do that. Right. So I wonder how many things are like, oh my God, don't do that. This is going to be something big. And Mm -hmm. it's like fucking nothing. Yeah. Because they didn't wash it off. It's like an old Barbie. So... What researchers do is they look for similarities between the old maps and the current geography of the area, because we can all assume that it has changed a lot in 500 years. Oh, yeah. Once they identify where the spots on the map correspond with today's landscape, which has to be a painstaking process to lay out that grid, their search with their GPR ensues. Metal objects act as antennae for the GPR technology, but graves and coffins are also detectable because they contain voids in the earth because they are different densities and what surrounds them. So it's like hollow-ish? Yeah, yeah. LeCompte, I feel like that's a very proper name, and I can't just say like LeCompte. 
Lecomte. Lecomte and his colleagues. <laughs> his colleagues. <laughs> so professional. It is so professional. I mean, technically, you do have colleagues. That's true. I guess you're my colleague at this point. That's true. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Lecomte and his colleagues found a previously undetected pattern that may indicate the presence of one or more structures, possibly made out of wood, under about three feet, aka a meter of soil boom and clay swindell with the museum of albemarle which albemarle is the piece of water that goes north northwest of roanoke mm-hmm. um, called the albemarle sound okay yeah um there was a lot of stuff surrounding that as well as far as where the colonists could have traveled right i don't know where they would have been traveling to if they went up the sound though yeah i don't know does the sound go inland? Yes. So they could have been traveling to inland North America. Yeah. Through the sound? I don't know. I don't know. So Clay with the museum has proposed the use of a proton magnetometer to verify the reading of the GPR. Mm. Mm-hmm. The magnetometer is like a hyper-strength metal detector and it can detect things 13 feet below the surface. Which is fucking deep. That is really deep. That's a lot of digging if they did find something. Yeah, because you think like a typical, when you dig a grave, it's six feet. Yeah. So that's more than twice. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So Swindell thinks that there are probably remains of palisades that would have been used by farmers to keep animals away from their crops the presence of buried structures and the fence strongly indicate that there was some sort of colonial presence in that area right so you would think with technology like gpr some shit should be popping up i would assume i don't know what happens to wood in the ground though because it's organic yeah i don't know i would think if the wood had gotten buried under earth it would decompose maybe since it's organic matter i don't know i just think here's my thing with using whatever technology they're using to find things underground i know that you can date things once you find them Mm -hmm. but how accurate is that yeah, I don't know. You can't be like, oh, this is from 1587. Yeah. Can you? I don't know. Unless I... it's like specific coins. Right. But even then, those things can circulate. Yeah. I, I really don't know. Especially like, I think certain artifacts you, you can date because of the way, like the materials if certain materials were only used between this year and this year, but that's still vague. You're still right. not pinpointing a year. Yeah. You're pinpointing a time period. And yeah, and you can't pinpoint the people it came from. Right. But I guess, I don't know. If you're looking on Roanoke and you're finding shit, it might be yeah. from those people. Could but be. But we all know they were there at some point. Yeah, that's the thing. That we The question isn't. Are, were they there? Like, right. Yes, they were there. The question is, where did they go? Yeah, I don't so, know. So I don't know that the answers necessarily lie on Roanoke specifically. Yeah. 
I think probably they, especially if they would have broken into groups and went different directions. So you have yeah. like, some of them probably died. And then you have the remaining breaking off into groups. And some people go to Croatoan Island. Some people go inland through right. the sound. Some people maybe stay on Roanoke yeah. and try and like wait it out for White to get back. I don't know. But Clay is basically like, dude, we got to start digging holes to see what's down here. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, that's really yeah all they have left to do, except... The, the one option that still remains out there is we move on because it's been 500 years. <laughs> Why are we still putting resources toward this? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, am I curious about what happened to these people? Oh, yeah. Yes, I am. Do I think we should be using university resources to try and figure this mystery out? <laughs> no. It's been 500 fucking years. Get yeah. over it. Just chalk it up to a big old we don't know. I think it's really fun for these people to try to find this stuff. Yes. Clues. Yes. And I think even if they solved it, the joy from that moment wouldn't last long because then you're just... Yeah. It's over. It's over. See, and it's so much different than other things that archaeologists find. So you have, like, Pompeii. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting because that was an entire, like, city Right. And they were established and all of a sudden they're just gone because of this volcano. Yeah. So that makes so much sense. Right. A natural disaster occurs, wipes out a huge city, and really kind of preserves everything yeah. under the dried lava. Yeah. So that I get why we're interested in. I get why we're still putting Pompeii artifacts in museums. But Roanoke lasted, it didn't last. Yeah. Like, it didn't make it. They yeah. were there for probably less than a year. Yeah. Because their supplies would have run out. They had to leave. Right. It didn't last. It le- It was less than a year, and these people just probably left, found some other people to slide in with, and said, okay, this is my new home. Yeah. It's they not- probably gave up on John. Yeah, they definitely gave up on John as being dead in a freaking shipwreck. So pirates. <laughs> pirates, he became a pirate and trained a parrot. That's yes. probably what happened. That's it probably That's is. probably what they thought. Either way, it's not like Pompeii where everything about it is still interesting because it, and that's interesting even though we know exactly what happened. Yeah. It's still interesting. Roanoke, when the answer comes out, actually I think the answer exists. I think the answer is they fucking left. Yeah. It's not interesting. <laughs> it's fun to conjecture about, but I don't think we need to spend money. I don't think we need GPR. I don't no. think we need the Vieira brothers to do all of their shit on the dare stone. Just let's wipe our hands of this and call it a day. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, I agree. So that's Roanoke. The yes. cool thing that came out of Roanoke was the weird Croatone shit. Yes, that is a very interesting part, especially the Edgar Allan Poe and the Amelia Earhart. Yes. I love that those two popped up in this. We got to do an Amelia Earhart uh, episode. I, I love Amelia Earhart. Strong women doing cool-ass shit. I'm into it. Speaking of strong women doing cool-ass shit, Haley and Ariel. What up? Because if it wasn't for them, we would both look and sound like shit. And with our cool music yeah. and our cool logo, almost 
look official. Look yeah. and sound yeah. official. Because of them, we kind of look and sound like we have it together. Right. Which, if people could see us now, the answer would absolutely be, like, they don't have anything yeah, together. Yeah, like, here's these two grown women. One who has left her family behind to fend for themselves for the night. Yeah. To come over to her friend's house and eat fucking cinnamon toast crunch (laughs) (laughs) and talk about Roanoke. Oh, yeah. Here we are. Yeah. You would think at 30 years old I would wash my hair on a regular basis, but nah, not into it. That's overrated. Overrated. I have to wash my hair more than you. Dude. So yuck. I, today is Thursday. Mm -hmm. I washed my hair Sunday. It's been a four days since I washed my hair. <laughs> I'm thinking about when I go home, I'm going to wash my hair. I have to wash my hair tonight. You know, tomorrow's Friday. I like to start Fridays yeah. with like a fresh head of hair. I stayed up until like midnight last night watching Easy A. Dude, I love that movie. I fucking love that movie. And Keegan loves her parents in that movie. He oh, yeah. cracks the oh, yeah. fuck up. They're great. Like, that is literally Keegan and I as parents. <laughs> Older. Oh, that's so funny. I went to bed at, like... You go to bed at, like, 8 p.m. Dude, I go to bed so early. I can't tell you how many times I've picked up my phone and it's, like, 9.40 <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'll just tell her in the morning. <laughs> It's so weird. I just, Dakota and I are both, we try, okay? So I don't like staying up late. I just. Here's what I'm discovering in my old age is that I am exactly like my dad. (laughs) So it's, it's weird. If I get horizontal, we, if we're in the living room and we are like, let's watch, let's be honest, The Office. If we're watching The Office and I and I'm on the couch yeah. and I end up horizontal I'm asleep immediately it's game over exactly like my dad here's my problem I am so tired all day long all the time <laughs> but then when I lay down in bed I'm like a child yeah I- I'm just hyper for a while not hyper but I'm not as sleepy as I was as I was brushing my teeth and yeah. putting on my pjs you yeah. know because sometimes i'm driving home I'm like fuck i'm going to bed at like 7 p.m yeah and then i get in bed and i'm like okay i'm just gonna lay here for five hours i guess and watch fucking dumbass tv shows oh my god we keep watching the eric andre show have you ever no. seen that no oh my god you have to watch it's on adult swim and- we don't have tv Maybe it'll be on YouTube or something. Maybe. So the Eric Andre show is like this talk show and actual famous people go there Mm -hmm. and they think it's just like a typical interview. And then the craziest shit happens. Just chaos ensues. And they're like, what the fuck is going on here? (laughs) It's hilarious. But it's. That very late night yeah. TV. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to watch a lot of Adult Swim when I was in high school and high. Um, <laughs> Love Adult Swim. You know. Uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force was my shit. Dude. I mean, we watch this stuff every night still. You, you're still watching Aqua Teen Hunger Force? That Dude. is awesome. 
Adult Swim starts at like 8 p.m. now. We haven't had TV in like five years. Yeah. So I have no, unless it's on Netflix yeah, or it's Amazon, like, I have no idea about it. Well, we have HBO Max now. There's so but. many. There's so many. But yeah, Eric Andre. We usually. About 11 o'clock. We usually don't turn on The Office or Parks and Rec to go to sleep because I'll like want to watch it. Yeah. So we've been watching Impractical Jokers to Ugh. go to sleep. I love that show. I love it so much. And I love that Sal, when he starts to laugh really hard, just falls down. Because <laughs> I love it. I find it so hilarious when people just fall all the way down. <laughs> Anytime I see someone fall all the way down, I will <laughs> crack up laughing. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but I also really enjoy watching old reruns of MasterChef. Love Master Chef. Gordon Ramsay, uh, I just love him so much. He's and a great guy. He's a great guy, and he has a English bulldog, and I love bulldogs. <sighs> I love all dogs, probably. He has such does he have one or two kids? He's got like six. Really? He he has like a one year old child. I yeah, because I know I've seen him post some videos. Of, like, his daughter making, like, food and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I didn't know I had so many kids. I think, I think actually he might have four kids. He's got two boys and two girls, I think. There might be another one in there somewhere that I'm not aware of. But one of them's name is Matilda. That's adorable. So he's got Matilda. Jack is his oldest son. And Oscar is, like, one. Yeah. And there's another one in there that I don't know. If you know the names ages and how many children gordon ramsay has send us an email that's right i love i love gordon ramsay our email is what if i told you podcast at gmail.com yes again (laughs) what if i told you podcast at gmail.com also um if you uh have instagram we're there what if i told you podcast on instagram no no, that's not it. Oh, God. What if I told you pod? What if I told you pod? See, this is why I struggled with the email. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. So what if I told you pod on Instagram? We don't have any actual photos of us, so you have no idea what we look like. No. So. I hope you guys aren't disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> We're regular ass. We're decent looking people i mean i don't know about right now. we don't look great right now my christmas pants are pretty on point though they are covered in dog hair though we do have a facebook now which by the time you're listening to this we've had one for a while and you probably already know yeah facebook it's uh yeah it's It's, there it's what if i told you podcast yeah so if you're a facebooker get on that i'm looking into maybe doing a twitter i don't have a personal twitter yeah me either emily doesn't have a twitter i don't really get twitter it seems weird because most people like in our age range kind of do twitter yeah and i love seeing like twitter thread memes i really love it you know who nails twitter is karen kilgariff from my favorite murder bitch knows how to twitter okay (laughs) I I just, I don't know. And then she'll like screenshot a tweet and like post it on Instagram and I just love it. And I would, I aspire to be Karen 
in my Twitter game, and I just know that I'm not going to because she's a professional comedian, and I am not, so. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll get good at it. I don't know. We'll see. I'll stand by. Also, I have a note to let everyone know that we also accept owl post. Yes, please. We have a window right here. We have a window right behind our monitor, so if anyone can train an owl to deliver mail, that's great. We would like to specify a snowy owl preferably named Hedwig, send her our way. We may not send her back. So Yes. No promises. If it's another type of owl, just like, don't bother. Send us an email instead. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So I guess we've come to the end of this very long episode. That we it's thought, really long. That we thought would be like super short. And so we're like, let's fucking do it Thursday night. I know. And now <laughs> it's fucking 845 and I'm uh, falling asleep. And yeah. So you guys it's past my bedtime. It is. Okay. Well, this has been great. Um, my cheeks are flushed with excitement and <laughs> I've only had one vanilla porter. So we're going to sign off here. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, just be kind out there. And stay weird. Bye. Bye.